Welcome to the Word Podcast. The Lord God has given us His Word. Let us learn it. Let us live it. Let us rejoice in it. Spread the Word. Blessings, everybody. This is Dale. Thank you so much for joining with me today on the Word Podcast. We're continuing our examination of the book of Colossians. Uh, a really deeply profound book. And, you know, those of y'all who know me locally know I don't like using that word deep too often. It's much abused, is it not? But it really, really is. There are depths here that are just amazing. And they are so, so, so insightful and so helpful to us as the body of believers. Uh, Paul, inspired by the Holy Spirit, was writing to the Church of Colossus and was helping them see some things helping them deal with some situations, some things that were coming against them. We can glean what a lot of those things are by what Paul told them to do and by what he told them about themselves, what had happened to them, about what had happened to him, and he gave some personal testimony, and about who the Lord Jesus Christ is. Okay, He didn't get caught up in all the details of saying, okay, I hear that this guy is saying this, so he's wrong. I'm hearing this lady is saying this, and they're wrong over here for this reason. No, he just gave them the bold truth. And then they were to take the truth and apply it to whatever uh, was being said to them and whatever was uh, uh, presenting itself among the body. We are to do likewise. I want to go back to the sixth verse of the second chapter and start reading there again. We've already covered uh, verses 6, 7, and 8, part of verse 9. But it's really important to continue to to see what the flow of this is. So verse 6 says this, Therefore, as you have received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk in him, having been firmly rooted, and now being built up in him, and established in your faith, just as you were instructed, and overflowing with gratitude. Now verse 8, See to it that no one takes you captive through philosophy and empty deception, according to the tradition of men, according to the elementary principles of the world, rather than according to Christ. Let me just pause here for a moment and just bring this emphasis out again. They had a role and a responsibility to see to it. So do we. We must see to it that we are not taken captive through vain philosophy and empty deception. We must see to it that we're not caught up in the traditions of men and the elementary principles of the world rather than according to Christ. We are to be in Christ. We are to live by the principles of Christ. Verse 9, he gives us some insight into that. For in him, that's in the Lord Jesus Christ, all the fullness of deity dwells in bodily form. So here, he's. In, I'm stopping in the middle of a sentence here, verses 9, 10, uh, 11, and 12 are all one sentence. And so he's letting them know that Jesus, and in him, all the fullness of deity dwells. He's already mentioned this in chapter 1, that it pleased the Father to do this. Hey, it pleased the Father. And so we see more about the mystery of the triune nature of God, God the Father, God the Son, God the Spirit, all totally, completely, fully God, Father, Son, or Spirit. And you say, well, I don't quite understand all that. Well, welcome. <laughs> Nobody 
quite understands all that, right? But we see that the scripture teaches it. And here he's saying that all the fullness of deity dwells in him in bodily form. That he has a body. Philippians, uh, Paul tells that church that the Lord humbled himself and took on a body. He took on the form of his creation, that he humbled himself. Here at Colossians has shown us that even when he did that, that he did not give up any of the fullness of the deity. He set aside some things. There were things that he was able to do that he did not do while he's in bodily form. But all the fullness of deity dwells in him in the bodily form. Verse 10 continues. And in him, in Jesus Christ, listen to this. And in him, you have been made complete. You have been made complete. That is so, so, so important, folks. The fullness of the deity of the Most High God dwells in the Lord Jesus Christ. And in him, we have been made complete. In what he has done for us in his death, burial, and resurrection, when we believe, when you look at just all the details that the New Testament gives us about what he did for us and who we are in him and how he dwells within us, we have been made complete. Folks, we're not incomplete. If you're a true believer, you're not lacking anything. If you're a true believer, the Holy Spirit has sealed you in the Lord, has sealed you in himself, has sealed you as part of the body. And the Spirit will manifest himself as he desires, when he desires. You have been made complete. And there's such uh, excitement that exists join that. Now, does that mean that you're perfect? Well, it depends on what you're talking about, okay? Does it mean that you can never sin again? No, you can choose to sin. What it means is you don't have to. See, before you sin because you're a sinner, now you are holy. You are a saint. You've been made complete. You are a righteous one. When you sin, you simply sin, not because you're a sinner. You sin because you want to. And boy, that's a big difference right there. It's because you want to. And every time I say that, it just sort of like strikes me again of uh, that that's just the, the reality of it, that I do not have to sin because of who I am. <laughs> it isn't the old Flip Wilsonism. The devil made me do it. You know, I don't have a choice. You know, I'm not strong or anything. No, no. He says, in him you've been made complete. Now watch this, the rest of this verse. And he, Jesus, is the head over all rule and authority. He is over all. He's already mentioned a couple of times that he is the head of the body of the church. He's mentioned that in this letter. Now he's saying he's the head over all rule and authority. All. All means what? All. So he's saying that you have been made complete. The Lord is the head over all rule and authority. Verse 11 and in him, Jesus, you were also circumcised with a circumcision made without hands in the removal of the body of flesh by the circumcision of Christ. Let me just finish reading the sentence, <clears throat> verse 12. Having been buried with him in baptism, in which you were also raised up with him through faith in the working of God who raised him from 
the dead. Now, folks, there's things right here that we must take what we think we know and lay before these truths. There's entire denominations that are in error uh, over, uh, let me pick up, there's two or three things, over baptism right here. Over baptism, because they do not know what it says right here. Okay? What did the Lord say in verse 11? He says, you have been circumcised with a circumcision made without hands. So he's not talking about the physical circumcision of the Jewish law. Circumcision just means a cutting away. He says something's been cut away. Then he tells us what it is. And the removal of the body of the flesh by the circumcision of Christ. We are no longer at the beck and call and demand of our physical body. Okay? It doesn't mean that we're outside our body. No, it doesn't mean our spirit's separate from our body. It doesn't mean what the Gnostics, some of the Gnostics talk, that my spirit is holy and righteous and pure. My body is evil, so I can do all the evil I want to in my body, but it doesn't mess my spirit. No, no, no. What he's saying is your body of flesh has now come under the circumcision of Christ. And he can uh, deal with that fleshly nature. Then, having been buried with him in baptism, in which you were also raised up with him through faith. That's really important. And I'll tell you what, time's up. I think I'll have to pick that up next time. What do you think? I'll see y'all then. Again, I'm Dale. Thank you so much. I'll see you.